show them how to sing. They don't normally do that, so they need help, okay? Kaylee, Blake, I'm not real happy y'all are back there. I need y'all's help. The Lord keeps me moving to a better place than I've ever ridden before. And every time there's ever been a wall to face, He's faithfully provided me an open door. When I fall down, He picks me up. He gives me cool, refreshing self from His mercy cup. Excuse me if I step a little lighter. I'm just walking with my do-good God. He's my shelter when I'm cold, my shoulder when I'm low. In the storm, He's always been my lightning rod. He's the shoes upon my feet and the food I have to eat. There's never been another like my do-good God. He's my listener when I'm talking, my leader when I'm walking. Trust him on this road and gladly trot. He's my friend when I am lonely. He's my one and only. There ain't no one like my do good God. All right, y'all doing good. You warmed up. So I'm going to hear you now. It really doesn't matter. I'm not living high. I'm glad to get along on Mega Fair. I'll never be the one to ever question why Living right beside my Jesus, I'm a millionaire Said he's got my front and he's got my back I started out to reach it, now I'm right on track He's never had to pull or pry I'm just walking with my too good God He's my shelter when I'm cold, my shoulder when I'm low. In the storm, he's always been my lightning rod. He's the shoes upon my feet and the food I have to eat. There's never been another like my do-good God. He's my listener when I'm talking, my leader when I'm walking. I trust him on this road, I gladly try. He's my friend when I am lonely. My one and only, there ain't no one like my do good God. He's my shelter when I'm cold, my shoulder when I'm low. In the storm, he's always been my lightning rod. He's the shoes upon my feet and the food I have to eat. There's never been another like my do good God. He's my listener when I'm talking. My leader when I'm walking, I'll trust him on this road and gladly trot. He's my friend when I am lonely, he's my one and only. There ain't no one like my do good God. He's my friend when I am lonely, he's my one and only. There ain't no one like my do good, no one like my do good, no one like my do good God. One more for you, preacher. Amen. Well, you know, and at the, uh, and I kind of did this at the last minute, but the Lord told me to tell you something. 
we were, and I don't know if Granny was talking about this the other night. We were at band rehearsal and we were talking about it. And uh, there's a reason this song means so much to me. There's a lot of songs, a lot of different styles, a lot of different things. But when I first heard this song, a friend of mine, my producer wrote this song, and when I heard it, I asked him, I said, I gotta sing it, can I have it? And uh, we were talking the other night, and in the Bible it talks about God inhabits the praise of his people. Y'all know what inhabits means? Y'all know what that means? It means to move in, to dwell, uh, to take ownership of, to fill, that's what inhabit means. And uh, when you think about that, that is one of the most, that, that's, that's arguably the most powerful thing we can do as Christians. If we're having a bad day or we're in, we're in trouble, if we'll praise, whether it's in song or word, he'll literally take ownership. He'll move into that. So as I'm praising, he's in, he, he's in that. And that's really, really, really powerful. And there's a, lot, there's a lot of reasons I love the music I love, but the reason I love this song is if if I could share any message, especially with you guys who mean so much to us, all your leaders, the message of this song, there's a lot of, there's a lot of music out there that's great music. And uh, heck, Dakota and Shelton's even turned me into a, a Skillet fan <laughs> to a degree. But there's some great music out there. But a lot of the music is asking God for something or it's, it's about me and give me this. I need this. I want this. I want this. And I love the message of the song. It's strictly about what he did for me and what he did for you. So. I hope I hope y'all enjoy it. Go ahead, brother. How sweet the sound I once was lost, but now I'm found. And how can it be? An old rugged cross would pardon and set me free. Unmerited favor can only explain. One who is perfect would take all my blame. But that's what makes grace. That's what makes grace amazing. You love this world so much that you gave your own side to save us. While we were yet in our sin, you reached down your hand and forgave. Lord, when I see what I am, I don't understand how you'd save a wretch like me. But that's what makes grace, that's what makes grace amazing. I should have died. I should have been the one crucified. But Lord, you stepped in. The one spotless lamb was sacrificed for my sin. 
There's no other word that could ever describe A love that was willing to lay down his life But that's what makes grace That's what makes grace amazing You love this world so much That you gave your own life to save us While we were yet in our sin You reached down your hand and forgave us Lord, when I see what I am I don't understand how you Save a rich like me, but that's what makes grace. That's what makes grace amazing. Yes, that's what makes grace. That's what makes grace so amazing. This is the last Wednesday night. I want to see you without a Bible coming to my church. I said this is the last Wednesday night. I want to see you coming to church without a Bible. What a bold statement. Everybody goes, hmm. If you don't have a Bible, we'll get you a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I said we'll get you a Bible. But if these kids belong to you, you ought to make sure they got a Bible. What a bold statement. What a bold, honest statement that our kids need the Word of God. And you parents need the Word of God. I was listening to Paul Walker's shocking youth message where everything in that message was geared around teenagers and then he took a look at the parents and said, they are the way they are because it's your fault. Wow, is that not the truth in the society that we live today? Somehow there's been a gap Somehow there's been a generational gap because I know in my grandma and grandpa's day, they went to church. My mom, my dad, my aunts, my uncles, all of them went to church all the time. And then somehow when my mama got freed up underneath that, she said, you know what? I don't need church. And she never, I, I never, listen to me, I never one time in my entire life went to church with my mama. Not one time. Not one time did I ever go to church with my father. My grandparents took me to church. My grandparents took me to church. They read the Bible every night and every day. They trusted God's word. They were bold. They were courageous. My granddad was a cotton farmer. And I used to go out in the cotton fields. My wife has a hard time believing this, but I used to go out in the cotton fields and pick cotton when I was a kid. 
I did. I, was, I, I followed along behind the tractor, and they had pick cotton picking things, uh, harvesters for the cotton, and we would go behind, and we would pick up with what was left. Anybody ever come from that generation? Is there anybody here like that? We prayed for rain. We prayed for sunshine. We prayed for crops. We prayed for food. We prayed for provision. We prayed for miracles. We need to get our kids, we need to get ourselves, I said kids and selves, ready to receive what God has for us. I hope you're listening tonight, not just coming and, and you're tired and you just got off work, you're just coming out of, uh, out of your duty. I hope you're listening. We need to get our kids, we need to get ourselves ready to receive the provision that God has for us. God wants to do some great things in our lives. He wants to do some, some things that just step us out into a bold new area. How many can honestly say today that they would not be where they are if it wasn't for God pushing them out of their comfort zone, out of their, out, out of, out of their normal? You take a guy like Kenny Beavers, who's been with me now for over six years, Kenny Beavers has been serving God, and he wouldn't talk to anybody when I met him. Now he'll talk and he'll spread the word of God. He may not do it all the time, but boldly, with as much boldness as he can, he does it. I was studying. I had a funeral to do today, and I was studying before I left the road to Damascus. How many have ever heard about the road to Damascus? Raise your hand. I was studying about the road to Damascus. I study my Bible. Kids, I love you. I want you to study your Bible. God, I want you to study your Bible. I want your moms and dads to study with you. I want to take that minute and say, hey, let's study the Bible together. Let's study the Bible together. Don't take but a few minutes. I was studying on the road to Damascus. And I have preached, Mike, I have preached this over and over and over again in 10 years of ministry about the road to Damascus. And I have read it over and over again. But when you study something, hear me tonight, when you study something, you ask God to show you something, he'll open up your eyes. So I was studying this before I went and, and took Dalton to the rodeo. And, and I found something that, that, that really, really just opened my eyes to just someone so bold, someone so bold in this story of Paul on the road to Damascus. And it wasn't even Paul. It wasn't even Paul. It was a man just like you and me that listened to God and did something bold and courageous. I want to read this to you tonight. Open your Bibles, if you will, to Acts chapter 9. We love Paul. Paul's our hero. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. We learn a lot from Paul. But tonight, we're going to learn from a man, and I'm going to try to say his name right, Aeneas, I'm going to call him Aeneas for the rest of the night. I don't need to be corrected. I just asked God what his name was. He told me Aeneas. 
So if I got it wrong, I don't need to know about it. I believe there's going to be a new Bible one day, and you and me might be in it. And the next generation will be saying, how do you say their name? Let me get into this. Let me teach tonight. Verse 1, meanwhile Saul was still breathing out. Now listen to what he was doing. Meanwhile Saul, which is Paul, meanwhile Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Saul hated Christians. We were at a Bible study the other morning, me and Rex, and we were talking about the ISIS we were talking about the beheading. We were talking about the killing of Christians. I said something boldly, and everybody's eyes opened up. I said, I think Paul, Saul, was the first ISIS person that was ever recorded. Because Paul, Saul, hated Christians. And he murdered Christians. He went after them. He hunted them down. He chopped their heads off. He threw them in prison. He murdered them. And the first opening act of, uh, 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 of Acts 9 says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether man or woman, he might take them prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, now Paul's killing Christians, he's looking for them, he's out there. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Now stop right there at verse 6, right there. I told you a while ago I've been preaching this for 10 years. One of the first stories I, I understood and I read. From that moment, I thought that Paul blinded uh, Saul got blinded by the Lord on the road to Damascus. Can we agree to that? Can we, we just read that. He got blinded. And then he gets up and the Lord says, go, go on to Damascus. He tells him, get up and go. He's still blind. I missed that. I missed that whole thing. I thought, well, one day he's on the road and he's blind. Grab the cordless, please. But I'm good. I just turned it off. Verse 6. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling, now look, there were some people with him, because how can a blind man get to the city? The men were traveling with Saul. I learned this. I'm learning it with you tonight. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see nothing. So they led him by hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind 
and did not eat or drink anything. Verse 10. Now this is where someone so bold, someone so bold comes into the picture. Someone so faithful comes into the picture. This is where someone, look at me tonight, someone like you, look at me, look up here, look, look, look. If somebody's not looking, touch them and say, look, because everybody's heads down. Look, this is where someone like you comes into the picture, who God calls to be bold, who God calls to be faithful, who God calls to trust him. How many have ever been called to ask to do something crazy? God ever ask you to do something crazy? Verse 10, for, verse 9, for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Aeneas. The Lord called to him in a vision. Now Aeneas, whoo, he's bold. Yes, Lord, he answered. Yes, Lord. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. On Straight Street. Can't you imagine? Woo, I wish some of y'all would get on Straight Street tonight. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named Taurus, named Saul. For he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Amos come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, now, 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 now you got to get bold even when you don't want to get bold. This is, this is Aeneas answered. Lord, Aeneas answered, verse 13, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority from the chief priest to arrest all who are called by his name. But the Lord said, Aeneas, go. This man is chosen, is a chosen, is my chosen, say my chosen. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Aeneas, now, now Aeneas got to be bold. Can you imagine God telling you to go to the number one guy? who kills Christians, and pray with him. Put your hands on him. But Lord, but Lord, I can't. How many of y'all still saying, but Lord, I can't do this, but Lord, I can't do that, but Lord, I can't go here, but Lord, I can't start this ministry, but Lord, I can't do this, but Lord, take a look at my finances. We need to get the butt out of our lives and get off of our, our, our faith and take a step tonight. The Lord... But, verse 15, but the Lord said to Naeus, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Aeneas went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. Now watch this. I love this part. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road, 
as you were coming here, hath sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, say immediately, verse 18, immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. And he got up immediately. He got up, and he was baptized. And after that, taking some food to regrand his strength. Saul, into Damascus in Jerusalem. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. And once again, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. I want to ask you tonight, listen to me. Has God ever asked you to do something so bold and so courageous? I love how God calls us out to do something out of the norm. I love how God calls us out to do something out of the norm. And typically, when he does that, it makes little sense. When God calls us to do something out of the norm, out of going to church, out of telling people at church about Jesus, out of witnessing to our family, but when God tells you to go to a man at the Valero or a woman at the Valero and they're holding a 12-pack and you invite them to church, there are two awkward people in that conversation, the person that's telling them and the person holding the beer. I've been at that Valero right over there several times, and people have come out of that ice box, and they'll be holding a 12-pack of bush, and I'll say, hey, I know the one who spoke through the burning bush. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm the pastor from the cowboy church. The Lord just wanted me to uh, invite you to church. Oh, I, I know where you're at. Okay, just wanted to invite you. There are two people in that conversation who feel awkward. God tells me to go over somebody's house. They're not living right. They're refusing, they're refusing to live obedient. God says, go over there and talk to them. Go over there and try to get them on the right track. But God, I don't want to go. It ain't a matter if you want to go. I need you to go. But God, they don't like me. That's why they left the church. It don't matter if they like you or not. You just got to go. God, I wish my truck wouldn't start. Sometimes I get in my truck and God will want me to go do something. I'll say, Lord, don't let it start. Lord, don't let it start. And it fires up better than it's ever fired up. <laughs> bold obedience. Aeneas had bold obedience. In Acts chapter 9, there's a story of a man. His name was Saul. Saul was the greatest enemy of the church. He hated believers and he hated them with a passion. He went around arresting them and putting them in prison. He was known as the persecutor. The scripture says that Saul was breathing out threats and slander against the disciples. One day Saul was on his way to arrest more believers in Damascus when suddenly a bright light shone down from heaven and knocked him flat on his back. Saul became totally blind. How many people know that God will do that to us today? You're not hearing me tonight. God wants to get your attention, and he'll do whatever it takes to get your attention. Whatever it takes. If it's throwing you back in prison, he'll throw you back in prison. If it's stripping the one you love from you to, to wake you up, he'll strip the one that you love to wake you up. God is all about getting your attention. Would anybody agree with me tonight? Is there any ameners? In, is this a Baptist church or are we a Holy Spirit-filled Baptist church? God will do anything to get your attention. He loves you. 
He loves you. He loves you. He loved Paul. He loved Saul. He wanted to get his attention. Saul became totally blind. The team of men traveling with Saul were speechless. They picked him up and led him to Damascus. There was a man who lived there named Anamus who, who was a strong believer. God spoke to him in a dream and told him to go to the house of Saul and, and stay there and pray for him that he might get restored. The first thing Anamus said was, Excuse me? Excuse me? Are you talking to me? You really want me to do that, God? Can I say this to you tonight? God is tired of your excuses. God is so tired of your excuses. Why you can't be a part of the youth conference. Why you can't do this. Why you can't come to church on Sunday night. Why, why you can't read your Bible. Why you can't bring a Bible. God's so tired of our excuses. Why you can't stand up and proclaim his name and not be a follower. God is so tired of our excuses. God's so tired of our excuses. Why we can't go home tonight and get everything out of the house that don't belong there, like pornography. There should be no pornography in your house, but you make excuses. There should be no drugs, no alcohol in your house, but you make excuses. Can I say this to you tonight? God is tired of your excuses. Why you talk one way, why you act one way, why you say things that you shouldn't say. God is tired of your excuses. And uh, said, excuse me, God? Excuse me? You want me to what? That's all. I heard about him. Are you crazy? I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to go to jail. You want me to go and pray for who? He's trying to kill us. He's hunting us down. The one who's breathing out threats? I don't think so. I, I can imagine he started looking for somebody in the prison ministry to go witness to Paul. Ain't it funny how we do that, Miss Vicky? We start trying to find somebody else to do what God has told us to do. A lot of times God is calling us to do something, but we want to pass the buck to somebody else. That don't work with God. Can I say that to you tonight? That don't work with God. Because why? Because God don't like lazy. I believe that with all my heart. The one who is breathing out threats? I don't think so. How about I send somebody from the prison ministry? No, that ain't going to work in this. How about I give them a phone call instead? No, that ain't going to work in this. God says, no, Aeneas. Do what I say. He is a chosen instrument to bear my name. Verse 17 says, Aeneas went out and found Saul. He laid hands on him and said, Brother Saul. He not only found him, praise God, but he called him brother. He not only found him, but he called him brother. True disciples want the best out of people. True Christian followers, true followers of Jesus Christ, they want the best out of the worst. Can we get an amen tonight? They want the best out of the worst. Somebody you don't like, somebody that you would despise, somebody you had a problem with, maybe an ex, maybe, a, maybe an ex-wife, maybe an ex-husband, maybe an ex-friend, maybe somebody you had crossways with. A true follower of Jesus Christ can lay all that aside and say, yes, God, I'll call him brother when I get there. That's a powerful statement. Hey, brother, I'm here to pray for you. You know how many people 
would love to hear you say that tonight. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. I want to pray with you. God says, no, Aeneas, do what I say. He's a chosen instrument. He laid his hand on him and said, Brother Saul, he not only found him, but he called him brother. He could have called him a lot of other things. But Aeneas prayed for Saul, and Saul's sight was restored. He became the Apostle Paul who wrote over half the New Testament. None of this would have ever happened if Aeneas had not have been bold in his obedience. Sometimes God will ask you and I to do things that don't make any sense. But we need to do it anyway. We need to trust him anyway. Sometimes God will call us to do things even when we're not qualified. But God don't call the equipped. He equips the ones he calls. Just look at Moses. But Aeneas prayed for Saul and Saul's sight was restored. Became the apostle Paul who went to write over half the New Testament. None of this would have happened if Aeneas had not been bold in his obedience. Sometimes God will ask you to do something that don't make any sense. And you have a choice right there to say, I'm not going to do that or I'm going to do that. Teenagers, we are splitting you up from your girlfriends and your boyfriends. We are splitting you up, and we're going to have some one-on-one -on -one time, and we're going to talk to you, and, and you're going to have choices that you have to make, and God's going to ask you to lay some stuff down at the altar this week, and, 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 and there's some things that you're struggling with God's going to want to take from you. You have a choice. Do you want to give it, or do you want to keep it? Adults this week, God's going to ask you for some things. He's going to ask you to do some things. You can either say no, God, or have bold obedience to say yes, God. Sometimes when God will ask you to do things that don't make sense, you can either say no way, I'm not going to do that. But if you listen again, you will hear God say, just do it. Take that step of faith. Take that first step of faith. When you do, God will... Do some radical things in your life. We can all make excuses. Pastor Mark, it's too hard. It's too big a sacrifice. It's too big an inconvenience. What about the sacrifice and the inconvenience that he made for you and for me on Calvary? When you obey, I can say this tonight, the blessing is attached to the obedience. When you obey God, the blessing is attached to your obedience. But if you keep putting it off, then you're really putting off your blessings that God has for you. When God tells you to do something, you may not understand it, may not make no sense, but he just wants you to just do it. Just do it. A long time ago, I was really wanting to leave this place. I'm so blessed that we're celebrating our eighth year next month. And what a blessing. God said, God said to stay. And I said, no, I want to go. I said, it'd be easier to do something else. Just let me go, God. But God wouldn't let me go. He had places that he hadn't taken me to yet. He had things he wanted to show me. I'm so glad. 
that I trusted him with a bold obedience. There's people in this church right now who God really wants to bless. You know who you are. But there's areas you don't trust him. Why not trust him tonight with your whole heart in every area of your life? I stood before that family today and told them, boy, we got one thing in common with old Donald. And I know what they were thinking. What's that? What's that? What's that? We're all going to die. We all are going to die, but nobody likes to think about that. Like the officer said earlier, somebody got in their car and they was headed home, but they didn't make it home. Donald went in for a small procedure, but he didn't come out of that small procedure. You may get up out of this church tonight, and there have been many who have left here who didn't make it. Will you be able to say, God, I was obedient. God, I gave up this. God, I truly surrendered this. God, I gave up this to you. God, I let it go. I stopped lying. I stopped cheating. I stopped cussing. I stopped, God, because those things that I was doing wasn't honoring you, so I did that. Can you honestly say that you were obedient? If you can't, it's okay. Because tonight is the first day of the rest of your life. Tonight is the first day of the rest of your life. If you get right tonight, if you get right tonight and, and you ask God to help you, he will help you. He loves you. Be like Aeneas. Just do it. Have bold obedience and walk in bold blessings. I don't know where God is taking me. And I can say this to you tonight. I really don't care. Because wherever he wants me to go, I'll go. And whatever he wants me to do, I'll do. And whatever he wants me to say, I'll say. And whatever he wants to take from me, I'll be okay with. Because I'm obedient. And if there's areas in my life that God reveals that I'm not obedient, like my temper, like rendering under Caesar what Caesar's, what does that mean, Brother Mark? Like obeying the speed limit. The Bible says that we have to obey the laws of the land. Being courtesy and kind at all times. If there's areas that I'm not obedient, like loving my neighbor, then I ask God to fix those things by revealing them to me. What do you mean, Brother Mark, by revealing them to me? Because see, before we were blind. But when God lives in you, he starts showing you. He starts revealing to you. He starts taking the scales off. Where you see what he really wants for you. And what he really has for you. Somebody received that tonight. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you that this can be the first day of the rest of our life. 
We can honor our moms and dads. Teenagers, listen to me. If you want to live a long, healthy life, the Bible says the only way to live a long life is to honor your mom and dad. Are you listening to your mom and dad? Are you obeying your mom and dad? Brother Mark, that don't count. It does count. It's a big deal. The Lord says you must do it. Mama don't want you to go hang out with them, then you don't go hang out with them. Dad don't want you to go over there and do that, then you don't go over there and do that. But Brother Mark, my parents don't come to church. It don't matter if they come to church. But my mama's not quite right with you, with, with, with God. Well, it don't matter. You be right. Hear me tonight. You be right. You can't control what them people do. You can only control what you do. God says, honor your mom and dad, and you'll live a long and prosperous life. Maybe you're here tonight, and you straddle the fence. One day you're hot, and one day you're cold, and you know, you know what it feels like to walk with God every day. And you want to get back to that place. But there's some things in your life that you have a hard time shaking. Let it go tonight. Give it to God tonight. Trust Him tonight. Be, be, be bold enough to give it to Him tonight. If you don't want that in your life, you can't get it out of there on your own. You have to give it to God. Can I say this to you tonight? He wants to take it from you. Because he says in his word, come to me all that are heavy burdened and I'll give you rest. What are you burdened about? What's heavy on your heart? What's, what's the load you've been carrying? Give it to God tonight. Trust him right now. Lord, thank you for Aeneas. Thank you that we can look into his life and see how he goes to someone who he don't like, who he don't care for, who he don't even want to go and say, Brother, I'm here to help. Father, I pray for this church and this family to step out and be bold and courageous from this day forward. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. Hallelujah.